Hey, welcome to The Verified Christian, where real Christians try to live a verified Christian life. Hello and welcome to The Verified Christian Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to episode four of The Verified Christian. We've been discussing the uh, the need for us as Christians to be verified or to verify our Christianity and how we can do that. Matthew and I, last uh, last week, uh, we discussed the importance of growing and, and the importance of growth. And, and we've really been talking about that over the past three episodes. And so today, episode four, uh, we will begin discussing a need that is vital for every Christian. Right, and we're keeping with that same theme of living verified. Last episodes, the last three, we've been talking about growing and how it's essential for the the verified Christian to grow. However, that doesn't take away from the importance of studying. How can we study in terms of growth? So that's what we're going to be looking at over the next couple episodes. That's right. And when we think about growth, we, we can't grow without studying. I mean, that's that's kind of logical. I mean, really, because... You know, even the Bible teaches us that we have to to give diligence to pre, you know, present ourselves approved unto God. You know, and I'll give you a, a a little good nugget here. Find you a Bible version that you enjoy reading that you're going to study from. And I personally preached out of the New King James because we know that's one of the most accurate renditions of the Greek. Um, however, by my bedside, my wife keeps an NLT. New Living Translation. So I enjoy studying that. I would never preach from that version. However, it, it would be easier for me when it's late at night and I'm about to go to bed if it will keep me in the Word longer. That's the point. It keep me studying longer. Right. It, you know, there are several several different versions that I use as commentaries, especially when you have a translation like the New Living Translation that's a thought-for-thought thought translation. Uh, that will sometimes help you put together pieces of information, especially when you're you're reading more difficult passages. Um, and it will help you smooth out, understand the context uh, maybe of a certain passage or a certain section of Scripture. Uh, you know, you talk about the different versions that, that you use from time to time. I preach primarily um, uh, from the New American Standard, uh, 95 version. Uh, I'm not as big on the the latest uh, update of the New American Standard. Um, but I like that version. There are individual verses, uh, though, in the New American Standard that I want to go back to the King James or maybe even the English Standard Version. Um, I like I like all three of those, the King James, English Standard, New American Standard. Uh, those are great. Right. And uh, I'll tell you one that... Uh, that I really, really like, but it's super hard to find, um, and that's the American Standard of 1901. Hmm. And uh, and so, but uh, that's really very good um, advice. You know, when we're trying to study uh, and we're wanting to grow in our understanding of God's Word, sometimes it's best to maybe read a paraphrase and use it as a commentary. Sure. Uh, please don't misunderstand, listeners. We're not saying that just any old version is just going to be perfect for your Bible study. Well, no version uh, is perfect. That's that's right. And and so, but we're we're trying to say here that that consider uh, consider multiple um, and, and stick to the ones that you know that are are traditionally accepted. 
uh, as being some of the most accurate translations. Correct. And, uh, you know, uh, there's a new one that I've been studying that I really like so far, and that's the modern English version. Really? And um, I don't care for some of the commentary that's that's filled into uh, that, but actually the... I think it's also a thought-for-thought translation. It's super smooth. I I would put it on the same level as the New Living Translation. And so I will use it as a commentary, um, but I don't preach from that. And it's interestingly enough, uh, you know, in Memphis, we we use the King James. At Northwest, we use the King James, too. I've used... I've used that in my preaching when I was there. I, I memorized my memory work in King right. James Version. That's all of my memory works in the King James. And and since I have tried to switch to the New American Standard uh, in preaching, there are still, even though I use the New American Standard for reading, many of the scriptures that I quote are quoted out of the King James. Sure. So if, you're, if you ever visit the congregation where I preach at Montgomery Church of Christ, you will probably uh, be lost. <laughs> And, and, and not spiritually, but lost in the word. So what version do you reading out of? So. Well, we say all this to say <laughs> to say this. God has commanded us to study. That's and, exactly right. And the version that you're going to use, find one that you enjoy studying and that will keep you in the word longer. However, be careful of pitfalls of certain uh, translations. Uh, but find a translation that you enjoy and will keep you in the word. That's exactly right. And, and I want to... I want to bolster that thought because if you don't enjoy reading or studying a translation, you will burn out quickly on reading it. Uh, even Let's just say you decide, I'm going to read through my entire Bible in a year, and this is the version I'm going to use. If it's cumbersome for you to do that, you're not going, chances are you're just not going to follow through with that. You're going to get a part of the way through and and it's just going to be too tiring and too cumbersome for you and and you're just going to say I don't even see the point I don't understand this and so um, I think that's really the point that Matthew's making um, the whole study of individual individual versions of which ones to use that's a whole study that's a whole discussion in and of itself uh, for another day but we're trying really to focus on the fact that we as Christians who wish to be verified in our Christianity, that we study, that we study God's Word and that we apply it to our lives, that we can be who He wants us to be. Right, and God commands every verified Christian, every Christian that is called to walk after Him to study. That's right. You know, the Apostle Paul spoke to Timothy, 2 Timothy 2 and verse 15 Paul told Timothy there to give diligence that, or to study, the King James says, study to show thyself approved unto God as a workman who doesn't need to be ashamed, handling a right, the word of truth. And so the Bible uh, is no doubt a book that is to be rightly divided, as the King James says, or handled aright. And so to do that, we have to study. We've got to put in time and effort, and that takes diligence. It does. And I like how you said study and give diligence. It really gives better context on that reading. But there is an effort made in order for us to grow and also to grow and continue to walk as a verified Christian. I must study. I'm commanded to study. Not only is that found in Second Timothy 2, verse 15, but also other passages such as 1 Timothy 4, verse 13, Till I come, give heed to reading, to exhortation, 
to teaching. So Paul, which by the way, Second Timothy, First Timothy, the letters there are That's some right. of my favorite books in the Bible. But he tells from an older preacher to a younger preacher, hey, stay in the word. Hey, exhort, rebuke, all these things with all long-suffering doctrine, but be in the word. Continue, give diligence to study the word. So we must study God's word. That's right. There's there's no doubt about that. And and listen, as we're telling others that they need to study to be good, verified Christians, because that's what the Bible teaches us, God understands that it's not going to be easy. Um, nothing that's worthwhile is ever easy. That's just a fact of life. And I think that's something that the Apostle Peter understood because in 2 Peter uh, chapter 3 and verse 16, he said that there are some things that are hard to understand. And uh, the ignorant, those who are unstable, they twist those things to their own destructions, uh, destruction as they do uh, the other scriptures. And so we've got to be careful in our study that we handle aright the Word of God, that we don't cause it to be our destruction. Right. So we know as Christians we're commanded, but how what what should our attitudes be when we come to the table to study God's word? That is a wonderful question and you know uh actually not I preached on this not too long ago that there are some ways in which we should approach uh the Bible uh when we look to study it and to to gain knowledge from it. And the first way and I think probably one of the most important ways um, is we must always respect the Word of God. We must reverence the Word of God. And when I think about that, I think about, you know, how many people often ask themselves or ask others, why can't God just speak to me? Mm-hmm. Why can't God just speak to me? I, You know, I think that if everyone knew that God was going to speak to them at a certain time, at a certain place, they would drop whatever they were doing just to hear a word from the Lord. And don't you think if if we could actually hear God, that that might be the most important thing over anything else we have going on? Right, and he has spoken through his word. That's exactly right. And And we should treat that reverently like you're saying with the utmost respect, because it is the inspired Word of God. It's literally God's breath breathed into man these words, and so we should treat it that way, not approach Scripture haphazardly, but reverently. That's exactly right, and so we have to study with care, with concern, with reverence, and we must always have not only a godly fear, but also a respect for the Word of God as if God were speaking to us audibly when we read the written word. And, um, you know, when we go to approach the scripture and study, we need to do so not just diligently, but deliberately. You know, I think that if we're going to grow, as every verified Christian should grow, and we understand that that study is a caveat of that, it's a, a important uh aspect for growth, then we need to deliberately take the time to sit down and listen to God's Word so that it guides us. Not try to just like hurry through it or whatever, or, or think, oh, well, I've got five minutes today, so uh, I'm going to I'm gonna sit down and I'm going to study, 
I don't know, some really difficult passage. Right. And we live in such a busy day and age. I mean, we live in a country in the world today that we, we put our hand on our hip waiting on the food to warm up in the microwave. You know, we live in such a now and everything is time based that sometimes we fail to get the Bible study time that we need, but we need to deliberately set aside time in our day to sit down and study. And in my experience, I find it's easy to get up a little bit earlier, drink my coffee, and read. I had that time where I'm sipping on my coffee because I'm not going to be able to do anything before I got that that coffee in me anyway. So while I'm sitting down, I can study and get that time in. Well, and see, and it's interesting that my wife is that way. She she is a, a morning person. Guys, I'll tell you right now, I am not a morning person. I am a burn the midnight candle kind of person. Um, I I'm not saying that I don't start my day without my thought and my prayer to God and and because I have to do that to focus on and, and keep a positive attitude. Um, but for me, I do my best study late in the evening before I go to bed. And, um, and sometimes I think that that actually is what keeps me in a proper mindset so that when I wake up the next day, I just, I, I feel... I don't know. I just I feel re-energized, so to speak, uh, for the next day. Absolutely. So we have that. We're commanded. We approach it reverently. We deliberately study it and find the time for it. But also realize that we need this. That's right. We need guidance from God. We need this guidance. We need this wisdom in our lives. That's right. We can't pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps. So, you know, we we need to uh, make certain that we follow his steps. So isn't that what the prophet Jeremiah was saying in Jeremiah 10 and verse 23? He said, O Jehovah, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It's not in man who walks to direct his own steps. Mm. You know, I think also, um, you know, Brother Leroy Brownlow in his book, he he gives reference to uh, the church at Laodicea. Uh, in Revelation 3 and verse 17 there, um, he said that was one of the mistakes that the church at Laodicea, Laodicea had uh, is that the members felt that they had no need of anything. And so they didn't think that they needed God. They didn't need his guidance. And that is a very dangerous place to be. Anytime that we do not feel that we need to study and that we do not need his word to grow, that's, isn't that ultimately saying, Lord, I don't need you? Yeah, we fall in that same trap, kind of like how Israel did, how they wanted to be like the other nations, how they wanted their own king to call their own. They stopped seeking God and started seeking outwardly other than the source of wisdom being God. So when we stop seeking God, we stop seeking the truth. That's exactly right. You know, you bring up the children of Israel, and, and I, I think of a New Testament passage that we have an example from Acts 17. In Acts chapter 17, 11, there, uh, we're introduced to the Bereans in that they were more noble than those who were in Thessalonica and that they searched the scriptures daily. They sought out the truth. They were seeking truth um, because they wanted God rather than some idea of God. And they wanted truth, and so they loved truth. 
they they sought truth, they loved truth, but when you brought up Israel, you know, there was a time in which, like you said, they wanted to be like the nations round about them, and they really didn't care because God didn't fit the mold that they had for what they thought or who they thought God was. Yeah, they weren't a truth seeker. They weren't a truth lover. They were all about themselves, and, and all the prophets prophesied about them becoming a adulterous nation to God. But we see the examples of those nations and how they thought, and we don't need to emulate that. That's exactly right. We we need to be careful that we do not become like them because their disbelief, uh, their lack of love for truth, and their lack of, of seeking truth led them into captivity. And the Bible tells us in Matthew 7, verse 7, that if we seek the truth, we can find it. That's exactly and right. And I heard a great quote. I think Jerry Martin, instructor at Ambridge University, said this. It would be a terrible thing to not know what's pleasing to God. Oh, man, yeah. So we can find what's pleasing to God in His Word. We must study. We must be diligent in our search for the Scriptures in order to find the truth. That's right. You know, a common a common issue that a lot of individuals have is they have a belief that they 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 just believe the bible says this or that and so when they study the bible they want to try to find what they believe in the bible mm. and we've got to be careful that we don't begin our bible study with some preconceived idea or some some doctrine that we've been taught all of our lives we need to clear our minds and and be open minded and 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 search the scriptures look at the evidence to see what exactly is taught so that we have a proper understanding of God's truth. That's right. And I actually heard of somebody tearing out a page of their Bible just because they didn't like what it said. Mm. That's a dangerous proposition. I mean, you go and read the last two verses of the Bible. It says, don't add or, add or take away from this prophecy, even though it's more specifically talking to Revelation, but that's for the whole Word of God. That's right. You know, James, the half-brother of Jesus, said that we ought to be doers of the word and not just hearers of it only, deceiving your own selves. But it's nothing new. Just like Paul told Timothy, in the last days they're going to desire teachers with itching ears. It's not, there's nothing right. new under the sun. Everybody at that time desired teachers, and even present today, desired teachers that tell you what you want to hear, and that's dangerous. I don't, exactly have, I don't right. have to tell you that that's a dangerous proposition there. So we must seek the truth. We must be a truth lover, a truth seeker, and so many other things. Finding and seeking and loving the doctrine of Christ. Right, and, and looking to obey what God has for us. Not hearing the things that we want to hear, but even hearing the hard things. You know, the, the scripture you referred to a moment ago, 2 Timothy 4, verse 3 says, the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but they will, after their own lust, heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. They shall turn their ears away from the truth and be turned unto fables. We have got to desire God's word to the point that we long to obey it. Right, and in order for us to get our blue check mark, as you see on social media, how everybody gets their blue check mark as being verified, being real, we must study the Word of God. So let us study the Word of God. And if you will, join us next week as we talk about some of the blessings that we get from studying God's Word. 
You've been listening to the Verified Christian Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Give us a rating or review and subscribe so you won't miss any content. If you have any questions, email the verified Christian at gmail.com. Thank you.